Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to The Danny Parkin Show. Thank you so much for hanging out with The Danny Parkin Show on CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com sports, at Danny Parkins on Twitter. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Taking your NFL calls at 855-212-4227 because that is CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We'll get back to your calls in just a little bit. But I had this thought today while I was watching the Bears be objectively terrible, but like I do every Sunday, watching 10 hours of football uninterrupted. There are a lot of really fun teams to root for. Not all of these teams can win the Super Bowl. Not all of these teams are even going to go to the playoffs. But I decided to, not that I'm putting my fanhood up for auction, but I was thinking, like, if you were a free agent NFL fan and I excluded the Patriots because nobody likes the kid that just jumps on the bandwagon. Like, when I was a Cowboys fan as a kid, like, nobody thought that was cool, right? If you were a Steelers fan as a kid, no one thought that was cool, depending on your age range. Like, you're just picking the winner. It's No one likes that. But... I was thinking about, all right, who are the teams where it would be the most fun to root for them? So I excluded the Patriots from the list. Some of these are teams are ready to win now. Some of these are teams in the future. But this is the order of teams where I think it would be really fun to root for them in reverse order, 10 to 1. I think it'd be really fun to be a Browns fan right now. Even though you're 2 and 4 and this team is disappointing, It feels like a new era of Browns football. Whether Baker Mayfield ends up being good or not, who knows? He's interesting and entertaining, and you've got stars. There's lots of players who, if you buy their jersey, you're not going to be ashamed of it, right? Like a Miles Garrett jersey is a safe pick. Odell Beckham, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, There's lots of really good players that are fun to root for that are going to be there for a few years minimum. And the Browns seemingly have a bright future, brighter than it's been in the last 20 plus years. Ninth team where I think it'd be really fun to root for the Indianapolis Colts. And the fact that you're in the top 10 after what was one of the all time fan stomach punches that Andrew Luck gave you, I think is fairly remarkable. But right now, if you're a Colts fan, your head's held high because you just know that you've got a good organization. You're like, we've got a good offensive line, got a good general manager, got a good coach, got an all-world linebacker. 
really good receiver, competent quarterback, good fan base. It's never going to be too cold or rainy when I go to a game. Like, it's just good time to be a Colts fan. You feel like your organization's really competent. That's a nice thing to have as a fan. Eighth most fun team to root for right now, I'd say, is the Seahawks. You have arguably the best quarterback in football, and he's going to be there for the next 10 years. And he's in his prime. Great home field advantage, great stadium, great quarterback. Doesn't get much better than that. I will say, though, the Bills come in at number seven because you're finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel of the Patriots maybe being done in that division. Your defense is awesome, and your fan base is now getting national love as arguably the most passionate fan base in the NFL. So the idea of being a fan of the Bills Mafia where maybe they'll be able to compete in that division sooner than later, could be a playoff team this year, have a legitimate defense, and it's cool to be a Bills fan. All of a sudden, I'm going to give Bills fans seventh on my list of, man, it'd be fun to root for this team, excluding the Patriots. Sixth is the Saints. You don't know how long your window of contention is going to be, but the fact that you're able to go 5-0 and without Drew Brees shows that you're more than just Drew Brees. And there's nothing better than the Superdome for a big game. You've got elite talent on your defensive line, in your secondary, at receiver, and at running back, and that's not to mention a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback and a top five head coach. Great time to be a Saints fan. Coming in at number five, what's more fun than old money? New money. The San Francisco 49ers. Right now, today, not many teams would be more fun of to be a fan than the Niners because it feels like the possibilities are endless. You're dreaming about a Super Bowl. You're dreaming about a coach of the year. You're dreaming about a defensive rookie of the year. You're dreaming about a defensive player of the year. The return to relevancy. Awesome time to be a Niners fan. We're ranking top 10 fan bases that it would be really fun to be a part of right now. 10 through 1, excluding the Patriots because, you know, screw the Patriots. Number four, this one I'm guessing a lot of you are going to disagree with, and you could always weigh in at 855-212-4227. The Arizona Cardinals. Do you watch this team? They do things that I've never seen before on the football field every single week. Just misdirection, scheme. They had Chase Edmonds out there looking like he was Alvin Kamara. You could have drove a Volkswagen through some of those holes. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury's running offense is really creative. Kyler Murray's an awesome athlete. They throw the ball down the field. New hotshot young coach, new hotshot young quarterback, new new hotshot offense. Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They probably won't even be 500. But if you're a Cardinals fan, like a legitimate Cardinals fan, This has to be the best you've felt about your team since the Kurt Warner days for sure. Super high upside for what the Cardinals can turn into. However, these next three I think are indisputable as the top three. Maybe you could quibble with me on the order, but number three, the Baltimore Ravens. There's no player in football more exciting than Lamar Jackson right now. 
Aaron Rodgers is better. Russell Wilson's better. Pat Mahomes is better. But more exciting, the most exciting player in football is the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. He's doing things that we've never seen before at the quarterback position, and that's not hyperbole in terms of running passing combinations. Like When Lamar Jackson hits his ceiling, whether that's in a year, two years, three years, whatever it is, isn't it in play that he throws for 3,500 yards and rushes for 1,000? That's a college thing. It's only been 4,000 and 1,000, I think, has only been done twice in college. I don't think he could do 4,000 and 1,000 in the NFL, but maybe he could. 16-game season. Like, I feel like we have to recalibrate what is possible for a quarterback as a dual-threat player with Lamar Jackson. So much fun to watch. Second most fun team to root for right now, I'd give it to the Houston Texans. Quite simply, you have Deshaun Watson. You have an MVP candidate who does exactly what you want on the field, off the field, and every week seems to pull off a magic trick. Now, I admit that I'm biased here. Deshaun Watson's my favorite college football player of all time. But I think that you're rooting for a future MVP, a future Walter Payton Man of the Year winner, a face of the league type, and just a guy that you could be proud to root for as a fan. But number one, the team that it would be most fun to root for right now is without question the Kansas City Chiefs. These last couple of weeks have been tough, but you have a quarterback who is going to flirt with passing records. Hall of Fame voters are already saying they expect to be casting a vote for Pat Mahomes. MVP in his first season as a starter. One of the three greatest statistical seasons a quarterback has ever had. One of the best arms a quarterback has ever had. Combined with the perfect coach for his talent and the perfect skill position players for his talent. Arrowhead is rocking because of the offense. If you could jump on board and be a fan of a team today, I think the Chiefs would be the number one pick. So Browns, Colts, Seahawks, Bills, Saints, Niners, Cardinals, Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, 10 through 1. NFL's in pretty good hands. Lots of really exciting teams out there. And if your team isn't on that list, it honestly makes watching the NFL a lot more uh, palpable because there's some awesome football being played week in and week out, even if it's not by your team. And it certainly wasn't by my team here in Chicago today. 855-212-4227 is the number. D. Brown, I don't think the old Illini basketball player in Flint, Michigan, is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, D? What's happening, man? Chilling. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me this evening. You're not the D. Brown who played at Illinois, are you? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I wish I was. <laughs> all right. I didn't think so. But uh, what's up, man? Nothing much. I just wanted to touch a little bit down on your Chicago Bears and 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 the Mitch Trubisky thing. You know, I'm not a fan of Mitch. I don't think that he's doing he's doing things good in Chicago, as far as the fact that, like, even in my fantasy teams and even in and just even in just betting in Vegas or whatever. I would I when I found out that he was playing today, I changed my pick. I had picked you guys. But then I changed my pick when I found out that Mitch was playing. And yeah, there's a, there's a sizable percentage of Bears fans who think that they'd be better with Chase Daniel. 
absolutely, absolutely. I think he throws a better ball and everything, and I just think he hasn't had the reps. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying, I'm not just trying to knock Mitch Stravinsky, but with that defense, the type of defense you guys have, if you got a positive a positive on the offensive side of the ball, then that defense will continue to play hard-nosed, knockout, lights-out football. And, and can't nobody tell me, but being a former player, you know what I'm saying, in high school and a little bit of college, being a former player, can't nobody tell me that it doesn't affect the defense when you just have no hopes for the offense. Oh, dude, there's there's no question about it, and I appreciate the call. There's no question that defense is slipping, yeah, because of Akeem Hicks's injury, yeah, because the Saints are really good, but also the offense is putting them in terrible position. Three and out, three and out, three and out. It's it's nonsense. So that's the big disappointment here, right? It feels like the Bears offense is going to be so bad that what's happening is you are wasting this potentially historically great defense. The offense doesn't need to be great. Everyone always compares Mitch Trubisky to Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody. But the truth is he doesn't need to be Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson for the Bears to win a Super Bowl. He just needs to be Dak Prescott. He just needs to be Jared Goff. Just be a little above average. Be the 14th best quarterback in the NFL, and the Bears are on the short list of Super Bowl favorites. That's the that's the damning part about what's happening right now is you feel like you're wasting it. Like when Mike McCarthy was wasting Aaron Rodgers' prime in Green Bay, it felt like it was an affront to football. It felt criminal. That's what's happening with Mitch Trubisky wasting this Bears defense. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Jason in Chicago, you're on CBS Sports Radio and the Radio.com app. Thanks for holding, man. What's up? Jason, are you snoring? Hey, put him back on. Jason, wake up. Jason, did the Bears put you to sleep? Jason. Oh, my God, this is incredible. My show put a man to sleep. All right, take him down. That is a first. That was incredible. At first, I wanted to say it was the Bears that put him to sleep, but frankly, he had already called in. So it was my show. Antonio, did you hang up on him, or is he still there? He's gone. Okay, he's gone. We hung up on him. That is one of my favorite things that's ever happened in my radio career. I put a caller to sleep. I don't know how I come back from that. I don't know how we move on from that. I don't know how we top that, but Jason in Chicago, thank you for being the first caller who I've ever put to sleep. I didn't even put people to sleep. My college radio show, my high school radio show. That is spectacular. Jason in Chicago just snored on over 250 radio stations around the country. He wanted to talk about how the bears need more playmakers. On offense, yeah, I get the same thing. 
That's spectacular. Last but not least, in just over 20 minutes, a personal lament from this football season coming up, plus more of your calls on Week 7 of the NFL. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out and staying awake with the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. My man Jason in Chicago fell asleep and then snored into the phone. That's going to be a tough one to live down. 855-212-4227. Let's go rapid fire through some of your NFL calls. Joe in Akron is on CBS Sports Radio. Joe, are you awake? Yes, Danny. How are you doing all across America? All right, we're going to talk Saints real quick about uh, Drew Brees. Are they going to let him come back even though they're doing good? And yes, then, of course, of course. Come on. Teddy Bridgewater has been very good. Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, What have you seen from Teddy Bridgewater to suggest that he's doing anything that Drew Brees would not be able to do? You know, so you're thinking they're going to put in Drew Brees if they're still doing good? I think that they've got one game against Arizona this week and then the bye. If it was me, I would slow play Drew Brees' recovery a little bit so that he could have two more full weeks to recover because if the the Saints lost in the NFC Championship game last year, their goal isn't the playoffs. Their goal isn't the division. Their goal is one thing and one thing only, and that is a Super Bowl. So they're playing the long game, not the short game. So I, I would let Teddy Bridgewater play one more game, and then I'd bring Drew Brees back after the bye. All right, and then we're going to talk Cleveland Browns. I'm from Cleveland out here, 92-3. Uh, what do you think the Browns are going to do against the uh, Patriots? All right, man. I appreciate the call. I'll answer as you go. I, I think that they're going to be a live dog because I think the Patriots defense is a little overrated. And I think the Patriots are a little overrated. They're the best team in the NFL. Don't get me wrong, but they've been beaten up on some terrible teams. So I think that they're just a little inflated from where they are right now. I would pick the Patriots to win, but the Browns to cover. I think that'll be closer than most people expect. Charlton in Memphis, I think is your name. I apologize if I got that wrong, but you're on CBS sports radio. What's up? Well, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan and just real quick. I'm hoping based on the last three games, I'm cautiously optimistic. We may be starting to get the Kirk cousins, the team paid for. So now here's what I would say to that. Like I, I get cautious optimism, and what he did today against the Lions was by far the most impressive thing in the last three games. But as you know, if you're a fan, you watch like the Eagles secondary decimated by injuries, got carved up again today by the Cowboys. And then the week before that, Kirk Cousins beat up on the Giants, who give up a ton of points to everybody. So Kirk Cousins, to me, we know what he is. He's he's good enough to beat the bad and the mediocre teams. And then when the brights are, you know, or when the lights are the brightest and he's on the biggest stage, he crumbles and he doesn't beat the good teams. He doesn't beat the teams, you know, that are division leaders and that sort of thing. So to me, Kirk Cousins is just good enough to break your heart. Well, we'll see. The other thing is, right quick, if I'm remembering the schedule correctly, all the Vikings' remaining division games are at home. They've done all of their road division games, which I hope will be to their advantage in the second half of the season. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. Listen, scheduling quirks always come up, and I appreciate the telephone call. So the Vikings, the Vikings do a few things really well. 
They have two really good wide receivers. We'll see what happened with the Thielen news today. Dalvin Cook is one of the five best running backs in the NFL, and their zone blocking scheme is complicated because not a ton of teams are doing it. And they've got a good defense. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's as great as Vikings fans think it is, but they've got a good defense. So good defense, great running game, great wide receivers, and a quarterback who, when everything is, you know, when it's 68 and sunny or they're in a dome, he can make throws. If it's adverse conditions and he's playing a good team, he Kirk Cousins all over himself. So I'll be floored if he wins a Super Bowl. I'll be floored if he even wins a playoff game in this NFC. But I get it. Three games in a row after getting decimated by the Bears. At least he's got enough uh, mental fortitude to bounce back after Stefan Diggs requesting a trade and Adam Thielen making him publicly apologize for not getting him the ball. I thought the Vikings were going to completely crumble. They bounced back. So got to give him that amount of credit. Ryan in Charlotte on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Danny. Um, I hope you're doing well. Um, thanks for taking my call. I have um, two questions I wanted to ask you. I can actually take the, the answers offline, but um, it's about our Carolina Panthers here. Like, you know, I'm a diehard Panther fan living right here in Charlotte um, and this so-called quarterback controversy. Like, my two questions for you. The first one is, what's your overall feeling like on, on the Panthers right now? Do they excite you? And do you, do you think there's reason to be excited or do you think there's still something missing with us? And um, second thing is, as far as this, I call it so-called quarterback controversy, but it's a big deal here in Charlotte. In Charlotte, the Kyle Allen Cam Newton argument—I mean, it's—it's. It's, uh, I mean, there's been some serious arguments here about it. It's a big deal. You hear about it on ESPN and stuff, but right here, when you're in the actual city where the team plays, it's a really big deal here. I mean, it, it, it's getting a lot of publicity here. Do you, do you think there's a controversy, or if Kyle Allen somehow was to knock off San Francisco next week and give them their first loss? Is that settled or? How do you feel? I, think I mean, that that would make things fascinating, and I appreciate the call, right? So Kyle Allen keeps winning games, Cam Newton, and and, and frankly, he, he's also moving the ball and getting the ball more to wide receivers. Like it, Kyle Allen is not anywhere near as talented as Cam Newton, but it's not as open and shut as Breeze and Bridgewater because Cam Newton still make some of the same mistakes that he made as a young player, right? He Sometimes he only throws the fastball. He doesn't have a ton of touch. He's injury prone. When his athleticism wanes a little bit, he's not as uh, dangerous as a running quarterback. That makes him a little bit more predictable, and he locks in on number one receivers. Kyle Allen gets the ball out quick. He spreads the ball around a little bit more. He does some things that are nice. But he also has six fumbles this year. He's a below-average athlete. Cam Newton is an elite athlete. Kyle Allen's got an okay arm. Cam Newton has a wildly strong arm. What I would do with Cam Newton is slow play the injury more so than Breeze. Like, Breeze, you're doing it for a strategic reason. You can beat Arizona without him, and then you get the bye, and you've got a little bit of wiggle room given that you've only lost one game. Carolina, make sure Cam is 110% healthy. He's been really banged up. Give Kyle Allen a shot to beat an undefeated team. Like Play it out a little bit more. You're 4-2. and two, You're still alive. One game doesn't sink or swim your season. Let Kyle Allen get the shot 
to have the marquee win to make it a real tough decision. Make sure Cam's 100% before you even entertain it, and then you go from there. But let's not pretend like Kyle Allen is more talented than Cam Newton. He's not, and it's not particularly close. Judging these things with quarterbacks just on, well, he wins. I mean, that game in London, Jameis Winston threw threw five interceptions. So Kyle Allen won, but they didn't win because of Kyle Allen. They won because of how awful Jameis Winston was. Last but not least, the stories that we missed being all NFL all the time coming up. You're listening to the Danny Parkin Show. With time running out, we still have a few questions we didn't get answers to. Danny Parkins gives us his thoughts on a couple of different stories in this week's edition of Last But Not Least. All right, welcome back into the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com. Appreciate you hanging out, following along with the show, interacting on Twitter, at Danny Parkins. You can also follow on Instagram, Danny Parkins 1, if you'd like to. It's always an NFL postgame show here on CBS Sports Radio, the radio.com app. You could also check out You Better You Bet. It's the gambling show that I host Sunday mornings on the radio.com app. So the possibilities really are endless. Do two shows a day on Sunday afternoons here on The Score. I appreciate everyone who follows and consumes the work. But by the time I'm on the air on CBS Sports Radio again, the NBA season will have begun. So as I hand it over to Antonio Grilla, who's producing tonight, there's going to be an NBA bent to some of these questions. Antonio, what do you got for me? Well, as you mentioned, we are going to talk about the NBA, and the NBA will have started by the time you are on the air next week here on CBS Sports Radio. So who is your pick to win the championship this year? God, man, it's uh, it's so tough. The West is amazing. This This NBA season is open in a way that the NBA normally isn't. And I like to think about these things from the gambling perspective. And I will say that if you're going to pick a title team, I don't think you can pick a team from the West and feel very good about it. Because there are eight teams that are 16 to one or better to win the title. And the gap between 16 to 1 and then the next most likely team is 25 to 1. So a pretty significant gap. Of the 8 teams that have a 16 or 1, 16 to 1 or better shot to win the championship, 6 of those 8 teams are in the Western Conference. The Clippers are the odds on favorite, 3 and a half to 1, followed by the Lakers at 4 to 1. Bucks at six to one, Sixers at eight to one, Rockets at eight to one, Warriors at twelve to one, Nuggets and Jazz at sixteen to one. If you had to fire in a dark horse long shot, I would maybe look to the Nets at forty to one, given that the East is more open and you know, if Kevin Durant comes back and is in the East, you just roll the dice on KD playing in the playoffs. But I don't think that's a great bet. The team I would pick is the Milwaukee Bucks. They've got to go through Philly in the East. They were the best team in the Eastern Conference last year. 
There's nothing about Giannis that suggests he's going to backslide. And by most accounts from his offseason, he added more range to his game, which will make him even more difficult to stop. We know that they play hard in the regular season to lock up home court. We know that he was humiliated by Kawhi in the Eastern Conference Finals. And now we know that Kawhi went west. So the Bucks' toughest competition is Philly. Okay. I'll believe Ben Simmons has added a jump shot when I see it. And Joel Embiid is an absolute monster, but still injury prone. Like, who's more likely to get derailed as a favorite in the East, the Bucks or the Sixers? I'd say the Sixers because of Embiid's health status, which even if he's 100% healthy going into the year, you know is going to be a storyline at some point. Boston is good but not great. The Nets are good but not ready. And then Pacers, Raptors, Heat, like whoever else you think in the East, they've got no shot to win the title. So the only legitimate competition to get there is Philly, as I see it, for the Bucks. The Bucks clearly have the best player. The Bucks are deeper, even if Philly is more top-heavy. And the Bucks, I think, have a better profile to be a healthier team. So I think the Bucks at 6-1 to one are my pick to win the NBA Finals because I have absolutely no idea who's coming out of the West. What's next? Well, what about the NBA MVP award? Do you have a pick for that? Yeah, I love that, man. Thank you for the question. Uh, this is such a fun bet. I don't know if you're a fan of like what, who your team is in the NBA, but there sometimes is voter fatigue in the NBA MVP award. We saw it when Derrick Rose got it over LeBron. We saw it in the, you know, with uh Barkley and Carl Malone back in the day. Like sometimes you just see voter fatigue come in and it's who's the who's the guy who can tell the best story, right? Who's got the best narrative and it can build. Like I, I called Giannis last year at five to one. That was a nice little cash for me. Um Kawhi could win MVP. Right? Clippers are the favorite. Everybody acknowledged how amazing he was for the Raptors. Everyone loves Kawhi's work ethic. No one hates Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is easily could easily win MVP. James Harden is amazing. He had a statistical argument for it last year. I actually think that him and Westbrook is going to be better than most people give it credit for, but... I think Westbrook hurts his MVP candidacy. Winning back-to-back MVPs is very tough. Giannis is good enough to do it, but I don't think he'll get there. The guy I like for MVP this year, and I don't think Steph Curry is the right pick either because I think at some point his usage is going to slow, though Steph Curry is amazing, and with no KD, he certainly has a shot at it. Those are the four of the five that I like. Kawhi. Giannis, Harden, and Steph. But if I had to give you my top pick for MVP this year, it would be Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has to overcome the media and the NBA not liking how he forced his way out of New Orleans. But I don't think that's going to be very hard because we've never seen Anthony Davis have a facilitator like LeBron James. I mean, Drew Holiday is nice, but he ain't LeBron James. 
We're going to see Anthony Davis put up 30 and 20 in some games. We might see him with a triple-double with blocks. LeBron will be able to take games off, and Anthony Davis try to drop 50, and he'll be doing it while carrying the Lakers to a top-three seed in the Western Conference, and we'll be talking about how LeBron is the second-best player on that team this year. And that's no knock on LeBron. It's praise of what Anthony Davis is. So I think there's a lot of great candidates I think a few guys get hurt by their narrative. I could absolutely see Kawhi winning it. He's the scariest threat to it to me. I'd rank Kawhi second, but I think Anthony Davis will deal with the negativity surrounding his move to L.A., and people are going to forget about it pretty quick because it's going to be so breathtaking to watch Anthony Davis healthy in a Lakers uniform. And like We forgot what it was like to have Anthony Davis matter because he was in New Orleans and he only won one playoff series and only made it a couple of times. So he's going to go from out of our consciousness to front and center two to three times a week. I think Anthony Davis wins the MVP this year. What's next? We got one final question. We're going to shift gears to college football. Ohio State jumped Clemson in the AP polls, and we know you follow the Clemson football program very closely. So is this the right call? And why do you seem? Why do you think they seem to be struggling a bit this year? Man, it's been tough to figure out. It's um, so for anyone who doesn't know why I follow the Clemson program closely. My little sister went there, and my wife went there at different times. It was just a coincidence. But so I was following it when my little sister was there, and then later on, I meet my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time. We for, we met watching a Clemson Syracuse game. I'm a Syracuse alum. She's a Clemson alum. We are a marriage made from conference realignment. If uh, Clemson, if Syracuse hadn't joined the ACC, never would have met my wife. But so I've watched every game that Clemson football has played in the last six years. And like we have our tickets to go to the national title game. We actually drove to Louisville this past Friday after the show. So I was in Louisville uh, yesterday to see them kind of sleepwalk through the first half and then end up blowing out Louisville in their home stadium. Saw them in person yesterday. I think it's the right call to jump them in the poll. But the polls don't matter right now, obviously, right? Like Ohio State still has to play Wisconsin. They still have to play Michigan. We'll see how that goes when it goes. We know that Bama has to play LSU. Like these teams are going to lose. Stephen A. Smith a couple weeks ago asked Dabo Sweeney when they were at Clemson, like, are you worried that Clemson could go undefeated and miss the playoff? It was such a laughable premise, and Dabo, to his credit, laughed it off. But there's just no way these other teams will all be undefeated and you're not taking multiple one loss teams over the defending champion Clemson Tigers who will be on like a 30 game going for a 30 game win streak at that point. And I know you're supposed to only evaluate the season at hand, but these are human beings making a pick for a college football playoff and Clemson. You could say whatever you want about the ACC being terrible. They schedule real non-con games They just did a home-and-home with Texas A&M. They got a home-and-home with Notre Dame starting up. Uh, They do games with Georgia. You know what I mean? They they, they schedule big teams, non-con. It's not their fault that Miami and Florida State and Syracuse and Virginia Tech and all those schools are down. They still got to get through South Carolina this year who just beat Georgia. So Clemson's schedule isn't quite as bad as everyone makes it out to be. And it's not like they've disappointed in the playoff, right? They've beaten Bama. 
blew Bama out last year. So beat him twice for a title. Lost close in another title. Got blown out in a playoff game. So they're 2-2 two and two against Bama. They beat Mark D'Antonio in Michigan State. They beat Urban Meyer in Ohio State. Like They've beaten all comers. So it's not like they're a fluke out of the ACC. So no one's leaving them out of a playoff in any scenario. I think what's happened is Trevor Lawrence can't go to the pros this year. And their defense has been really good because it's all new starters. Their offense is almost no new starters. And they've been a 28-point favorite in basically every game. So they've been sleepwalking a little bit. I am relishing the opportunity for Clemson to be a three or a four seed and bet them against Ohio State or LSU or Alabama or whomever and get them as an underdog. Clemson in a big game with a month to prepare, bringing back four of the five offensive linemen who blew out Bama in the title game last year, plus three receivers who are going to go to the NFL, plus a running back who's going to go to the NFL, plus a quarterback who's going to be the number one pick. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they still have defensive talent. Isaiah Simmons will be a top 10 pick this year. Sleep on Clemson to your own peril. I still think this team is going to win the national championship this year. The SEC is good. LSU has the best resume. They deserve to be in front of them. Bama deserves to be in front of them. Ohio State deserves to be in front of them. That's all fine. But long-term, big game, college football playoff, no. I'll take Clemson. Fun show. Appreciate everyone who hung out, who called in, even the guy who was snoring when we went to him on the air. D. Orlando Ledbetter, Nick Costos, and Ryan Wilson were my guests. Antonio Grillo, the executive producer. Thanks to everyone in New York who got me on the air. Peter Schwartz for the updates. My name is Danny Parkins. Amy Lawrence coming up next. This is CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.